Hi, this is Tom Darling, your host for Conversations with Classic Boats, the podcast that talks to boats. This episode is part of a two-barreled, personal deep dive into the world of big boat college sailing. You can read it in print in the January-February issue of our journalistic partner, Windcheck Magazine. That's windcheckmagazine.com. Pick up one at a location from New York to the Cape. Now, keelboat racing was the original form of intercollegiate sailing. From the McMillan Cup, first sailed in 1928 and formalized in 1930 as a quasi-national championship for college big boat crews, sprung on a small number of spin-off events like the Kennedy Cup, focused on the larger offshore keelboat fleets of the service academies, this format of intercollegiate sailing really was mega one-design competition. In the 1970s, that offshore schedule expanded with events like the Corinthians, rebranded in the 1990s as today's largest intercollegiate regatta, the Intercollegiate Offshore Regatta, the IOR. That growth came with the willingness of boat owners to lend their boats and go along for the ride as adult supervision. Today, the college offshore circuit has events in all parts of the country, in the world for that matter, and with more being added each year. Today, intercollegiate offshore is the new, new thing for student sailors. As the informal advisor to my own alma mater's offshore team, I have had the opportunity to see this interest blossom. The format of featuring owner-donated boats, coupled with expert race management from local host clubs like Larchmont and Charleston, has led to more college big boat sailors. A surprising number of them have never stepped on an offshore boat before collaborating to form crews and compete in offshore boats around the buoys. Now let's go back in time to the 1970s. Long hair, bell bottoms, Watergate, gas lines. Only one variety of Sperry topsiders. That's it, two generations ago. In 1973, as a college junior, I rounded up a half dozen of my sailing team friends, male and female, borrowed a 36-foot production PHRF-style boat, and went to compete against a group of similarly PHF-rated boats. This was the Corinthians Regatta, sponsored by a local cruising sailing association. We won on corrected time, on a clear, very windy October Saturday. Half of the crew was completely soaked in their dinghy gear. No boots, no gloves. Spirits were high and led to our competing in college's offshore's sailings big dance. That would be the McMillan Cup. It was appropriate that the 1974 Princeton crew would compete in that event. That McMillan Cup, dubbed the first college regatta, was held in 1974 at Annapolis under the auspices of the U.S. Naval Academy. That event had been dominated by Princeton crews in its early years, in the 1930s. My own prized trophy is still the pewter mug for winning the third race of the McMillan. In 1928, the McMillan had started its odyssey through different venues in the Northeast and in a hodgepodge of offshore boats. That event's history has tracked over almost a century with big boat sailing. Now, let's return to the present. Fall 2023. Some semblance of post-pandemic social normalcy. 
sailors can congregate in boats without masks or concerns. In October 2023, a six-person team from Princeton, half male, half female, returned to the Corinthians since the 1990s, as we said, renamed as the IOR, and now run by the Storm Trisel Club and Larchmont Yacht Club. They sailed in the one design J-105 in a boat named Magic, delivered by its owners, the Myers, from Raritan Yacht Club in Perth Amboy. Raritan had been the base for the Princeton small boat team from the early 1990s until Superstorm Sandy destroyed that location in October 2012. Now a decade later, in 2022, the Princeton team has relocated its dinghy sailing to a Delaware River location closer to campus. But the offshore sailing contingent at Raritan Yacht Club continued to provide a base for the offshore team to develop. And during the summer season, student sailors joined local crews for the club's racing schedule. It was a natural symbiosis. Anne and Gary Meyer spearheaded this program and lent their own boat, J105 number 194, Magic, for practice. Anne, as co-chair of the IOR, is a tireless advocate on the part of the Storm Trisel Club to engage young sailors. The STC foots the bill for the event, participating teams sail free. Fleet sizes have been as high as 48 boats pre-pandemic. In 2023, there were 36 student-sailed boats in multiple classes. The largest block of boats is typically from the J-Boats ranks, with 105, 109, and J-44 classes, the largest ones-line classes. Gary Meyer, a retired educator, was the perfect complement to a young crew with limited experience. This Tiger Offshore team had a diverse background, as fitting for a modern sailing team crew. 2023 was actually the second IOR for the team. It was that second iteration for driver Jasper Weldman and point person Virginia Cobbs. Jasper, a sophomore from Brooklyn who learned his sailing in Canada, was the helmsman. He spent the summer of 2023 making sails in Newport, Rhode Island. The women's sailors included Virginia Cobbs, bow person, from Birmingham, Alabama, who handled the wild conditions of the 2023 IOR nonplussed. The main trimmer for 2023, everyone called Richie. He had an unusual provenance for an Ivy League sailor. He came to college from the U.S. Coast Guard. He literally was the crew's veteran. It was a typical college sailing big boat crew, eager, lightly experienced, but ready to learn. Ann Meyer tells the story of the evolution of the Tiger Sailors at Raritan. Well, you know, first, I've been involved with uh, Princeton sailing out of Raritan Yacht Club for a long, long time, uh, long before, um, you know, I did anything with the IOR regatta. Um, and at any rate, you know, I used to help them do their, I apologize. That's all right. You'll hear fire, you'll hear fire engines and ambulances behind me, so we're even. <laughs> all right. Um, at any rate, you know, I used to help them run a couple of regattas. They they sailed out of Raritan Yacht Club, 
for years and years and years. Uh, they helped build our docks so that they could, you know, bring their boats over. And uh, at any rate, you know, I helped them run their fall regatta, which was a women's regatta, and then their spring regatta, which was a co-ed, co-ed regatta. I always helped, you know, get race committee and I'd set up our room upstairs and we'd have, you know, like coffee and hot chocolate. I'd make soup for them <laughs> and mm. things like this. Um, and then then they stopped, you know, they weren't having as many regattas, dinghy regattas at the club anymore. And uh, at any rate, and then they, they, you know, then they went to the Delaware. But prior to that. But, but when, um, did, did Sandy figure somewhere in the middle of that? Oh, Sandy did figure in the middle of that. You know, I mean, the docks were all destroyed. Um, Princeton did come down and help us rebuild docks mm -hmm. so that we can get them back in the water. Um, you know, their boats, luckily their boats uh, did not get destroyed in Sandy because they did come down and take them all away. Yeah, I remember that. I was there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I talked I mean, them into bringing a crew boat trailer so they could get all of the boats on one trailer, even if they had the time on top of each other. Yeah. I mean, that was, we lost like 40 boats during Sandy and our whole club. You know, I mean, we lost sure. the two buildings down there. And anyway, um, but at any rate, after that, they, um, you know, so they got involved with sailing in the IOR regatta. And I always talked it up. I was going... I became a Storm Trisail member in 2011. And prior to that, I was still going up there and helping with the different regattas. But I was talking this up to the uh, Princeton kids and, you know, and got them on, you know, on our boats whenever we could on the 105s. And then we started inviting them to come and sail with us. That was always an open invitation to come sail with us during the sailing season in the summer, you know, in the spring, in the fall, whenever the kids were around. And the last two years, they became more organized with that, um, you know, with a big boat program. And um, so we were fortunate, we saying Gary and I on Magic, um, we would have Princeton kids come to away regattas and stuff with us, and then also sail with us. And then I put them on on other 105s, uh, we would I would email uh, Virginia from the team right. and Virginia find out who, or or uh, Jasper mm -hmm. find yeah. out who was going to be coming or who was around, and then I would dole them out. You know, I'd ask our guys who needed crew, and um, they would get doled out. Not not all the time did they get on a 105. Sure, um, they. They sailed with one of our club champions on a J-29, and it was super windy, and they broached big time. And all I could, all I kept saying was, oh, my God, my Princeton girls are on, on, that, on that boat. But they mm -hmm. came up with, you know, smiles, and they thought it was awesome. So, you know, that's the important thing is to get these kids out on other boats, on big boats, and let them experience, you know, the light air, the heavy air, the the good and the bad of all of it. And again, you know, our biggest goal is to make this a lifelong sport. And, um, you know, I think the passion that we have, uh, all of us have, 
uh, getting out there, uh, even on a Wednesday night race, um, just shows them how much it means to us. And the fact that, you know, we're all older and we're doing this every Wednesday, every weekend. And, you know, you have a core group of friends that you meet up with every, you know, Wednesday night or whatever, or you go to an away regatta um, and you see these people that maybe you haven't seen for a while and they get to see that this is a pretty cool thing. Yeah. Great sport. Because, you know, Jasper's comment in the magazine, as you'll see, was that the majority of the people that sailed with Gary had never been on a boat before, let alone a big boat before yeah. they came to Princeton. <clears throat> For is- me, my experience in this, of course, it's somewhat by default because Anne is, uh, has moved into a, a, a co-chair for this event, the IOR. Um, but along the way, I, I've been an educator for my whole life. And to have kids come on the boat and watch their captains actually teach the new people and allow me to put in a few words of, of encouragement and, uh, um, you know, straighten a few things out here and there. Sure. Um, but it's, it's, it's a real treat to be with the kids. Um, you know, it's, uh, in, in a way it's time travel, you know, when you yeah. get on a boat with a bunch of, uh, 19 and 20 year olds and however old they are, uh, you kind of become that again. It, well, as uh, I said to the kids, I said, you know, this is an intergenerational sport. It's one of the few sports where you could be eight or 80 and really have no issues of whether you're operating together, you know? Yeah, exactly. The fact that the eight-year-old may not listen and the 80-year-old can't hear. But <laughs> but that, you know, it's just, it is one of the unique things about the sport of sailing is it's how it spans and how the, how the, uh, informate, how the, expertise is passed from generation to generation yeah it's 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 a super opportunity and i think it's a great opportunity for them as well because um it's a larger team setting um you know what they race dinghies most of the time and that's two at a time but when you start to put five and six kids together the dynamics are quite a bit different and uh the opportunities for leadership and uh you know, for the the uh, uh, teaching, uh, it's it's really it's really special. Gary Meyer is thoughtful about the mission of developing a fledgling college crew. He observes, he encourages, and then he re-encourages. The sailing instructions stipulate that he cannot pull any strings, nor give explicit coaching. He is the adult supervision. The technical term for Gary's role is safety officer, the SO. On the water, you hear those SOs throughout the day as they provide guidance for fast-gelling crews. When we were going to the finish, I just kept saying, drive the boat fast, keep it down. We were able to build a nice lead, despite the breakdowns, said Gary. Teen Magic broke their jib halyard midway through the action on the second day, Sunday, and had to improvise for the last two rates to hold on to the top position in class. This 2023 version of the IOR was challenging, with a windless morning on Saturday giving way to a 12-knot southerly and then to a blinding line squall, which suspended racing for the day, after one race. Sunday dawned clear, windy, and cool, a typical Long Island Sound northwest cold front. Spinnakers were banned on Sunday after Saturday squalls 
took their toll with some kite shrimping. Jasper Waltman, the Princeton driver, was thrilled with his podium finish. Kate Summers, a writer for Windcheck, got his post-race reaction and put it in the October 2023 Windcheck issue. Jasper said, Two-thirds of the team had never raced a sailboat before arriving at Princeton, but we've been able to foster a strong team culture centered around communication. This served us tremendously, keeping morale high in the rain and bouncing back from the breakages, which allowed me to focus on driving the boat. We had a session with Jasper in Virginia about 90 days after the IOR regatta. They gave us their respective accounts of how they got to this offshore game. We have had a session with Jasper in Virginia about 90 days after the intercollegiate offshore regatta. And they gave me their account of how they got involved in big boat sailing. Jasper, how did you get it? So I grew up sailing in Chester, Nova Scotia, um, and when I was eight years old, uh, and sailed a lot of dinghies growing up. Uh, but during the pandemic, during 2020, I ended up moving up to Nova Scotia um, for some family reasons. And I ended up getting a job at a chandlery, um, which, as many people know, is kind of the West Marine, right? You you go and you buy your, your lines and stuff. And I worked as a rigger. Um, and in that, I had kind of outgrown the laser um, and I wanted to, to see what was next. Uh, so I ended up going down to Oak Cliff in Oyster Bay. Uh, for three months from May 2021 to July 2021. Uh, and I did their offshore and high performance program. Uh, so in that, I did the Annapolis to Newport race on a Oakland R40. I was the bow and safety officer and then got some helming experience offshore as well. And then did a um, double-handed, actually a double-handed Melges 24 uh, overnight race. It was 24 hours. It was a lot of fun. And I was the co-skipper for that. So that's um, the one that so goes up and down Long Island Sound? Yeah, I, I don't think they're still running that race, but it was it was actually a lot of fun. I did it with a with a friend of mine. He's at URI now, um, Zach Severson. Cool, cool. Now, Virginia, people don't think of uh, Birmingham, Alabama as perhaps the hub of, of sailing. Uh, I, in fact, know for a fact that there's lots of sailing in the Southeast. I, I used to sail a lightning and used to sail in Nashville quite a bit. So how is it that Birmingham became your departure point for sailing? <laughs> well, really, I, I didn't get into sailing until I came to Princeton. Um, I didn't grow up sailing. I grew up going to the beach a lot in uh, Fort Morgan, Alabama. Um, but I, you know, had never actually sailed. And so when I came up to Princeton, you know, I'd played lacrosse in high school. And so I was sort of looking for a sport that wasn't that I was ready to find something new to do and there's this guy named Jasper who wouldn't shut up about the <laughs> Princeton sailing team and I thought oh sailing that'd be fun to try you know I like the water or whatever um and so I did it I did a little bit of dinghy sailing thought it was so much fun um really fun group of people and so I stuck with it for my freshman year and then by the time the summer rolled around I got a job doing research in a lab at Princeton actually studying bumblebees um and so jasper was also there that summer and he said that they had some connections up at raritan yacht club where we actually used to sail um back in the day yep um 
And so I spent the summer sailing Wednesday night racing with um, the Myers and sort of going wherever the first, you know, keel boat I ever stepped on was magic there, J105. And yeah, that's really how I got started. It was so much fun. And the weather was so beautiful all the time. (laughs) I mean, that's one of the great stories really about intercollegiate sailing is the number of people who were introduced to sailing for the first time, but through intercollegiate sailing. Uh, in in my day, I would say it was quite different. You know, in the seventies, most of the people were sailing had been, had done sailing. I mean, there's, Mm -hmm. there's some crews that probably hadn't, but you know, today I think a higher percentage of people who come to intercollegiate sailing have not had prior sailing experience. So it's a great expansion. Well, let's just flip back to the IOR for a second. And again, Mm -hmm. you've heard the old people tell you the war stories about what it was like in the seventies when we were sailing IOR boats and IOR, no even knows what IOR was today. Um, but we were basically, you could do the best you could do is to, for whoever got the best weapon usually won the race in, yeah. in the, in the Corinthians, which is what the IOR to devolve, you know, evolved from. But today it's really a, you know, it's almost a one design regatta the way it works. And you guys had one experience in 2022 what, what what was different when you came to 2023? What 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 did you what did you think when you came to 2023 versus the prior year? Virginia, all you. <laughs> um, I definitely think confidence level was maybe a little higher. You know, we had at least like Bracklin, Jasper, and I had all sailed 105s before. Um, so we felt a little bit more locked in. And uh I think, yeah, just our communication maybe was a little better. Everybody kind of knew what was going on. And also after having a whole season of dinghy racing under my belt, or really two seasons, um, I felt like I was a lot more confident making calls, understanding what was happening on the race course, which sometimes if you only start, I think, in big boats, you can just kind of be a passenger and not pick that up. Um, So I felt like we were all, you know, in good communication with that. Um, And yeah, just excited to go sailing. All right. Well, I'm going to wish you luck. I um. I will watch your progress on the internet, and um, it's 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 pretty it's pretty thrilling to me having sailed back in 1973 in that regatta myself with a group of people, and uh, then we ran off four I think four wins in a row 73 74 75 76, um, but you know we had a lot of really experienced offshore sailors who were sailing the boat. You know it's. I think it's great that you can meld together the two groups. That's really the, again, I think that's the great contribution of intercollegiate sailing. I mean, intercollegiate sailing is the fastest growing sport in, in, in division one in, 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 in all NCAA sports. You know, if you look at the amount of participants and graph it, you know, more people have coming into that sport than any other sport, which I think is, is great for the future of the sport. When all the boats were put away and the traditional IOR post-race pizza party had commenced, the verdict from all students sailors was unanimous. Great. Can't wait to come back next year. And now, what about the history? How did we get here, almost a century after that first Macmillan Cup? What is the creation story of college big boat competition? First, in college, there were only big boats. 
Then came small boats. College sailing story really starts in the 1920s. If you go back to read our Windcheck Magazine series on six-meter sailing in the early 20th century, that's back in the spring of May 2021, and in our Conversations with Classic Boats podcast trio, you will find that informal college competition dates back to the establishment in 1921 of the British American Cup. That fiercely competitive series between American and English meter boat designs produced a fleet of well over 50 six-meter boats, as well as numerous eight-meters, to be drawn on for use for student competition. The earliest collegians who competed in sailing, like Brooks Cunningham at Yale, sailing from Pequot Yacht Club in Southport, Connecticut, or Arthur Knapp at Princeton, obviously at Larchmont Yacht Club, found the six- and eight-meter fleets an attractive source of modern keelboats for challenging their Ivy opponents. The records of college sailing document the early regattas of college sailing, of which the Macmillan Cup, as we said, is deemed to be the first. Those archives are housed at the Mystic Seaport Museum and contain the files and notes on the development of early college sailing in the 1920s. We know from the archives of the Princeton Yacht Club, founded in 1928, that the 1920s action was in keelboats. This was keelboat sailing years before the introduction of one-design dinghies like MIT's Tech Dinghy or Owen Stevens' Interclub Dinghy, which was a frostbiting design widely adopted by post-war college teams. The early archives tell about bigger boats in the wake of elite college skippers commandeering local meter boats for pickup match racing. As we said, dinghy sailing followed. John Romanier, noted sailing historian, wrote a foreword for the archives, and I quote directly from excerpts of his writing in the ICYRA files. Intercollegiate racing traces its origin to the founding of yacht clubs and sailing associations in the late 19th century. Yale, Harvard, MIT, and Brown were early clubs. Activity was limited to occasional pickup races in summer months between private yachts with many prestigious owners. Arthur Knapp, Princeton 28, was the organizer of the first intercollegiate race series held in eight meters at Pequot Yacht Club in June 1928. Princeton beat Yale and Harvard, winning the George May Trophy. Sherman Hoyt, a Brown alumnus, was ever-present in arranging for the borrowed boats in the 1930s. From this, the ICYRA has grown mightily. The first college fleet was established at Princeton in 1934, and the first intercollegiate dinghy series occurred on Lake Carnegie in Tiger-class dinghies between Princeton and Dartmouth. As frostbiting became popular, an intercollegiate regatta was held on Manhasset Bay in Dyer dinghies in 1935. The Intercollegiate Yacht Racing Association was formed June 16, 1930, during the annual series raced for years in sloops borrowed at various East Coast yacht clubs. The Macmillan Cup, a perpetual trophy, was presented in 1931 to replace the May Trophy, retired with Princeton's third victory. This third and done 
rule was uh, modeled after the British American Cup, if you recall. The rule was you win three times, you get the trophy. Princeton won 1930, 31, 35, 36, after their initial 1928 wins in the Macmillan. Continuing, Romanier explains, the sport really owes continuing growth to the establishment of dinghy racing at MIT. In 1936, when the Sailing Pavilion and 36 Harrisoft built dinghies designed by MIT's Professor George Owen were launched. The participation of the Naval Academy and the Coast Guard Academy assured the continuation of college sailing during World War II along the East Coast. The simultaneous growth of the sport in California, Hawaii, and the Northwest was assured by the founding of the ICYRA. There, in 1940, greatly abetted by the activity of Bob Allen, Stanford 39. The present Intercollegiate Yacht Racing Association was reincorporated in 1949 and continues to this day with over 200 colleges with sailing fleets. There are, in fact, well over 300 fleets today in 2023. Thank you to the Mystic Seaport for giving us access to the archives. Remember the Macmillan Cup? All roads lead to Annapolis. At the time of the Roaring Twenties, a Baltimore gentleman named Macmillan commissioned a Tiffany Trophy for a competition to be held initially at the Naval Academy at Annapolis. The Macmillan Cup has evolved over generations of college sailing. Up to 1950, the regatta was held at various venues in New England, Marblehead, Newport, and others. But it became apparent that the competing colleges would have difficulty obtaining sufficient boats to hold the regatta. So in 1950, the Naval Academy offered their 44-foot looters yawls for competition. Since then, this has been a Chesapeake Bay event in government-owned craft. Racing went, had gone right through World War II. Only two years had been skipped since inception for a pandemic 2020 and back in 1991. Reason unknown. Who was winning at the beginning of the Macmillan? Here are the first 10 winners before World War II in chronological order. Princeton, Princeton, Cornell, Dartmouth, Harvard, Princeton, Princeton, Yale, Harvard, and before the war, Williams. In 2023, Kings Point put on a late surge to take the cup after Rhode Island had won it in 2022. An examination of the last 50 regattas shows the Naval Academy with the most wins, not surprising given their home court advantage. But think of the thousands of sailors exposed to offshore sailing in the Macmillan Cup. Now, the future of college offshore is nothing but growth. Take a look at the college sailing calendar. It looks like an urban train schedule. There is a lot going on. College coaches today manage programs dense with events, ranked by levels and formats, co-ed, team race, etc. The quest for a national championship is all in the running up the points to earn participation in the year-end events. For the college offshore team, there's no such path. They do it because they enjoy it. The camaraderie of working with a team, of mastering new skills, has its own rewards. Now, what does the Princeton team have 
on its docket this season. With the IOR win in their pockets, they hope to travel twice more to compete. First in March, they travel to the new sailing mecca of Charleston. Weather and school schedule permitting, they take their first trip then to the Great Lakes Championship in Chicago. Now, we have a long list of thank yous for this episode. College sailing goes offshore. Thanks to our participants from Princeton, Jasper, and Virginia, and the rest of the crew. And, of course, our boat owners, Anne and Gary Meyer, from Raritan Yacht Club, for their generosity in lending their boat and appearing on this episode. And thank you, Mystic Seaport archives for the invaluable clip from John Romanier's comments. And thank you, conversation subscribers and listeners, for being there in this, the fifth year of the Conversations with Classic Boats podcast. We have a 2024 lineup of episodes with something for everyone, but keep sending in those ideas, conversations listeners, and Give us your comments. We always love to hear what you have to say. Our thanks go, as always, to our media and marketing partners, Wincheck Media with Wincheck Magazine, reaching the most sailors from New York to the Cape, and Team One Newport, who has been there for all 30-plus of our episodes. Thank you, Mad Martha. And remember, dear listener, to subscribe and give us a rating. Five stars, please. This allows us to distribute conversations with classic boats and our new classic conversations to a wider part of the sailing landscape. Today, we're reaching out to 1.6 million boating households. You can read and listen on Scuttlebutt News and on Spectrum Cable's Streaming Services podcast channel. This episode was written by Tom Darling and produced by Griffin Bengroff. Special thanks to Jason Mraz. Those long winter nights are best for dreaming about boats. So stay safe, take care of yourself and someone else if you can. Fair sailing, Tom Darling. And we'll roll the old chariot along. We'll roll the old chariot along. We'll roll the old chariot along, and we'll all have